Hello, hello, and welcome to the ISV Society Podcast. I am your host, Amy Keenan, and I am so excited to be here and chat with you. So first off, you may be asking, what is the ISV Society? Well, it's a membership just for ISVs, where we collaborate, educate, and generate leads in an affordable way. From webinars to blogs, as well as monthly mastermind meetings, these are just some of the ways we're working together. This podcast is also another way to bring the content to you. There'll be marketing tips and tricks, ISV guests, as well as fellow marketing professionals. Just think of it as your one-stop shop, all things channel marketing. It's all about the power of collaboration. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the ISV Society podcast. Thanks so much for joining me this week. I'm so excited again to talk with the famous Aaron Beck. And if you don't know who he is, he is the VP and principal founding analyst of Acceleration Economy. He's also a podcast host and the VP of Dynamic Communities. And and here he is chatting with me. So yeah. thank you so much, Aaron. <laughs> thank you so much. And uh, and and something I'll plug in there too is I'm also a Microsoft MVP. So awesome. <laughs> for, for business applications. So this is my, uh, I think my third year running on that. That's so, great. Yeah. Well-deserved, that's for yeah. sure. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. So glad to be chatting with you today, Amy. Yes. And what we are chatting about are the three different aspects of the global community. So we'll be talking about Microsoft biz apps, then some specific products, as well as Microsoft and other platforms. So excited to chat with you about that. But first, let the can we let the audience get to know you a little bit and feel free to share a little sure. about yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amy. So yeah, uh, uh, the the different titles, uh, hopefully don't scare people away. It sounds like, hey, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> but no, it's just that uh, I'm Officially with uh, our uh, well-established company called Dynamic Communities, been around for quite some time, and you're familiar with it or been part of Summit. And uh, and about uh, 16 months ago, I believe now, roughly, uh, well, 18 months ago now, we launched uh, an arm or branch of that called Acceleration Economy. So that's sort of in a, um, uh, still, I guess we'll call it roughly startup mode, but uh we uh, try to address the needs for CXOs that are trying to accelerate their decisions around um, complex topics such as data, AI, cybersecurity, uh, industry clouds, uh, the cloud as a whole, uh, for example, and so forth. But in the context of a first-person perspectives uh, from uh, the assistance of great collaboration with our Acceleration Economy Practitioner Analyst, all looking to address the why <laughs> and how, yes, of... Uh, of understanding those business decisions and those analysts um, shape things in the first person perspective because we have chief information security officers, we have CDOs, CEOs, CMOs, uh, pretty much all the C-suite, if you will, that represent and make up that um, analyst group and collaborate with us for content and then share that out for the uh, CXO community, um, uh, for example. Then on the flip side of that is our well-established uh, arm of, like I said, Dynamic Communities. Mm -hmm. uh, super excited to uh, share that, uh, as promised at Summit, we launched our dynamic, brand new Dynamics Community site, so dynamicscommunities.com, back in November, just last month. Hard to believe we're in December. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and um, the intent there is to bring all the communities together 
under a single uh, location. Because we've seen more and more that uh, as Microsoft has kind of blurred the lines between how these applications uh, integrate and work with one another, there's a lot of uh, people and companies that mm -hmm. uh, across our what I'll call our uh, quote-unquote legacy sites and platforms that are still available out there right now, um, uh, like CRMUG, GPUG, BCNAV, UG, and so forth, uh, you've had to site hop. So I personally have had to do that back <laughs> when I was on the user side of the house is I was taking care of CRM and a GP implementation and power platform. And I had to site hop if I'm going to connect with folks and get uh, questions answered or share my expertise on something or what have you. But now we're all, all under one umbrella, if you will. And now you can connect with people that have experience across multiple uh products and uh can span multiple communities so super excited there and then uh like i said just coming off a great summit we had this year mm -hmm. back in october and uh it was, it was just, great uh, to see everyone oh yeah and the, the excitement was phenomenal because yes. uh what really excited me was close to 60 percent were this was their first summit so a lot of conversations that I was having with folks and then as I was chatting with like MVPs and what I'll call veterans of the event were saying uh, a lot of those new folks came in and really helped sort of shake up the uh, the summit a bit because they got a chance to kind of revisit sort of the 101 basic level mm -hmm. of, of understanding things they kind of took for granted. Uh, we veterans take for granted right. around applications. A lot of folks are, this is new to them. And so we got to revisit that excitement, if you will, of being new to some of these applications. And uh, it really just uh, showed what the community was all about. That, that's what I was more excited about, just to see that connection coming together of the newbies and the veterans, yeah. that excitement back with the increased number of folks coming back as we're really you know, ramping up more and more with uh, in-person events. And I see even a growth more of a lot of just corporate events uh, coming over 23 to 24 uh, in a lot of different areas. So yeah, excitement. And back. having all those newbies there is nice because it gives you like some new eyes and fresh ideas mm. and fresh look and they have a different, they might have a different outlook than obviously the veterans who've been going for year and year and year and just, you know, it just becomes. Well, uh, another thing too, I, I don't mean to sound this as kind of a, uh, you know, an ageist thing and i've got the gray hairs to kind of <laughs> kind of kind of go along with this but uh, there's a lot of uh, folks uh that are uh coming into the business to the workforce that are young mm -hmm. they're in their 20s uh maybe just out of college or they've been in the workforce for a few years but they still have that different outlook um there's a um uh, a colleague and friend that i know christopher lockhead that uh that uh likes to point out that there's these um native analogs which would be like me a native digital and me. <laughs> <laughs> where it's those that kind of grew up before the the internet uh mm -hmm. but then we've adapted and adopted digital uh you know as our go-to kind of like right now we're using digital experience but then there's this whole different generation that's all they grew up on right was digital first their go-to thing was is now directly at their phone um, many of them, he was at, uh, I think said he got to enjoy like a, um, a Rolling Stones concert once. And he said, the majority of people in the crowd were viewing it with their phones up like this, instead of experiencing it live and in person, they were using that digital layer between 
yep. the real physical experience. So it's kind of shaking up the conversations it is. of what's going on and also shaking up the the mix of the community as far as expectations when we're talking this global community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really shaking things up as far as not only the mix of people, talent, but those expectations that shifted through the pandemic. I think, um, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> where we uh, sometimes <laughs> we were taking things for granted before, but now it's like, well, it's a shift in like if you think about it, how we get food delivered to our house, or packages delivered, or you know, streaming. Uh, everything TV shows is and movies. recurring revenue model. Everything exactly, yeah, it's all that s- subscription based mm-hmm. recurring revenue. And then even and how many like you have Netflix, you have Disney Plus, you have Hulu, like how many streaming services can you have one? Well, and then (laughs) uh, further, it's um, the fact that um, uh, to break that down even more. And obviously, I experienced that with this with my kids is that Mm -hmm. um, uh, this new thing of microtransactions are being built into things. So you may have subscription to something, but then you get this incremental charges if you want this little bit extra right on top of that that's for like video whatever. game streaming and all that exactly oh or new skins for your characters or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, a fortnite or, or yeah, Minecraft exactly. or whatever but so this uh, well, the point being is a lot of this is it there's a shifting landscape of expectations shifting landscape of people coming into the workforce and then that changes the global community's view and it should shift how we view within um are you know sort of uh well-established microsoft communities that there's a shakeup here and there's going to be expectations of folks coming in that are different from us sort of veterans or (laughs) native analogs have (laughs) have done it for a long time it's all it's it's even i think a bigger shakeup of the disruption of when cloud came on the scene and was shaking up the whole on-premise right um you know, as that shift happened, you know, in the early 2000s and, and onward, it just kept growing and growing, expanding, expanding. And now we're to the point where it's, oh, you're still on-prem, really? You know, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of companies that still have on-premise solutions and they're still within this Microsoft community and they're still trying to get answers to things of how can they maybe straddle the fence. Maybe they want to be a hybrid environment right. uh, and they want to keep some things on premise, but leverage certain things in the cloud. And and then beyond that, maybe they have multiple cloud solutions out there. They could have Microsoft and non-Microsoft. So the landscape, expectations, and what we need to prepare, be prepared for as even from ISVs, for example, partners, for example, and then what I'll call our veterans, our MVPs, and those experts in the Microsoft business applications, we need to be more flexible And how we have discussions around, because a lot of times a Microsoft solution would be just one aspect of the overall technical landscape, just as sort of comparatively, just as ISVs have been that for many, many years of kind of one aspect of fitting a unique need for a industry specific or, you know, AP automation or something, you know, just Mm -hmm. kind of streamline one little aspect, a big aspect, I should say of your process. Now we're seeing the a Microsoft business application kind of fitting into that model because the landscape is totally different. Right. I mean, if you go on my, the marketplace, you know, app yeah. source, there's hundreds, if not thousands of mm-hmm. products out there, solutions that you can pick from for any mm-hmm. 
that does anything from so it can be a little confusing and overwhelming i think as you're looking at the mm -hmm. microsoft biz apps landscape because there is just so much of it um and then speaking of global community we even have isvs now coming from other countries that have really been successful in europe and they want to bring their product to the mm -hmm. us and 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 navigate the landscape here so i've been seeing that a lot too well uh that's a great point amy is that uh even at summit i saw a lot of new uh uh company names that had boosts on the floor that in past years past uh they would these were brand new to the mm -hmm. event uh i'm like wow and then i'll go check them out or i've chatted with some of the folks you know and and they fit that exact scenario where they're coming from some other country they're starting to get their foot in the door inside of the north american mm -hmm. market and this was kind of their chance to kind of explore sort of two areas is there a an opportunity here in North America for what their solutions are, and then just kind of understand the unique needs of a North American community. Because right. a lot of times that's different than a European community as far as business needs and uh, so forth in the context of even geography around yeah. the world can dictate, you know, your business needs. So, um, yeah. And then um, uh, speaking of, you know, vendors and ISVs and so forth, I think, um, and even partners, I'd like to maybe issue a little mini challenge, if you will, here, um, is that as we were chatting about the different set of expectations of people in the community or scenarios within organizations, uh, I think it's up to ISVs to evolve and adapt as well mm -hmm. um, for a long, long time. And unfortunately, it became more prevalent during the pandemic was that those companies that were sort of the one trick pony, if you will, um, fell by the wayside because they didn't have a diversified set of, of uh, solutions that could fit across multiple applications or uh, services across multiple industries, for example. Um, so, and even Microsoft and non-Microsoft capabilities. Yeah. So it's it's becoming more and more uh, important for ISVs to adopt and shift focus to be more roughly agnostic to where their solution ends up within an application, mm -hmm. but more focused on what their solution could provide as far as a service or functionality across like, um, <laughs> I think uh, obviously we're at year end. So uh, you're in close and yes. uh, tax uh, rules and regulations for new year are top of mind for a lot of financial folks. So well, a lot of people don't have a Microsoft ERP. They may have a Microsoft CRM, for example, solution, the Dynamics 365 CRM, for example. Right. But they may have like a, I don't know, an Oracle or SAP or JD Edwards or something as their ERP. Um, and so we've got to be flexible because those things need to work together. And an ISV solution can help bridge the gap a lot of times between those two things. So, yeah, so that's my little <laughs> challenge for the folks yes. out there. And I feel like a lot of them are starting yeah. to do that. Definitely. Yeah, that's and good. and yeah. even partners themselves, like partners that are just were just selling one ERP at one mm. for, you know, that's been a livelihood for the past whatever 20 years. Now they have mm. to say, hey, I have to really start thinking about what other ERP I want to or maybe it wasn't a cloud ERP, maybe it was on prem. Mm -hmm. So now they have to start thinking about, okay, what cloud ERP am I going to work with now? Or what other ERP am I going to start selling mm -hmm. and learning about? And offering to my clients that makes sense right well and it also i think is a benefit back to the partners is that they have that expertise mm -hmm. to do that because um 
as you may know, some people are maybe in that, um, we talked before about the four pillars, you know, maybe they're, they're migrating from one to another. Well, if a partner has experience in where they're coming from or where they're going to, that's just a benefit to them because right. they know both systems. They know the pros and cons, how to move the data, how to transform what you do. Um, and they, so they can speak the language, if you will, of both systems, along with helping that business meet their, uh, their strategic goals. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. And so we kind of talked a little bit about Microsoft and other platforms, but mm -hmm. do, what else are you seeing in the landscape in regards to, do you see that um, a lot of people are using the Microsoft biz apps itself mm -hmm. and everything in the marketplace versus kind of branching out to others, or is it more um in, and could it be on-prem and cloud and could it be cloud in various areas? So mm -hmm. have you been seeing a lot of that in, in your discussions and, and talking with people? Uh, yeah. And one thing I, I, I would love to kind of dive into a bit on that is that uh, I've alluded to this before, Microsoft, you know, has blurred the lines mm -hmm. between their applications in a lot of ways, but yet there's great folks in the community, uh, global community that have specific expertise in each one of the business applications like a power bi power automate uh, business central dynamics 365 well fno ax scm whatever they're calling it <laughs> uh, nowadays but They'll probably uh, change it again <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh but they're experts in in individually in any each one of those um but at the same token, it goes back to what I was saying earlier is you may need to be an expert in that one application, but understand how it can play in the same sandbox, if you will, with non-Microsoft applications. Um, but then further, how can we use, if we stay within that Microsoft business applications sort of stack, if you will, a lot of people just aren't aware of how can I layer in like a Power BI on top mm -hmm. of my business central? How, how does that work? You know, well, we've got the native reporting capabilities and in, in and many of these ERP systems have native reporting functionality some greater to uh, a greater degree than others um but then that power power bi can come in is help complement that because you have data in multiple different sources so power right. bi lets you sort of mash all that together and create a sort of holistic view of what's going on across your company versus just a siloed view if you will of just data from just your ERP um, so that's where it's important to understand the, uh, potential that's across each one of those, what the capabilities are within each one. And does it make sense to fit in with your specific scenario? Uh, again, like say power automate, a lot of the, uh, ERP solutions have their own sort of automation workflows and things mm -hmm. like that built in, but then can I complement that or expand upon that to do more complex scenarios through my power automates? you know, workflow engine. Um, or maybe I want something to start in Business Central and Power Automate can trigger something and push some data or update some other system that's sitting somewhere else, you know, uh, or alert somebody or uh, alert a customer <laughs> or yeah. alert somebody internally with, with a notification of something. So there's a lot of uh, great ways to explore a lot of that, but I think it's, it's up to people to understand uh, each products capabilities individually uh and where does it fit um and the other thing i'll put out that's it's equally as important is uh talk to your partners around uh the pricing models a lot of these some of them are very 
different than others as far as they're either, you know, per user per month sort of standard subscription yeah. thinking that we're, we're many of us are used to now. But nowadays, some are starting to shift more and more towards a consumption based model. You, know, you're, you pay for what you use. It's almost like your, uh, your electric bill or right. it's like utility based uh, pricing, in other words. Uh, so uh, you need to be looking at that. So if you're starting to use like Azure Logic apps or anything on the Azure uh, storage side, it's going to be based on a lot of times on consumption uh, usage. Uh, even inside Power Automate, a lot of times it's some of those things are shifting more to consumption based uh, and even on RPA, robotic process automation, which is a branch under Power Automate as well, yeah. um, is... Um, it's something to consider, but this, I want to take a step back. This is where your powerful global community comes into right. play. Make sure you go out with questions and, and source those questions out to make sure you get a, the, a, the big picture. Cause like I said, there's experts in each one of those applications. So, and what's cool about the um, Dynamics community site is you can post one question and you have all kinds of people uh, chiming in that have, like I mentioned, I've mentioned before, Experts that span maybe multiple business applications right. say, oh, hey, that question, you also may want to consider this too, uh, because maybe I feel like they would be hot commodities there. nowadays. Yeah. The, because, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, really all we had partners and ISVs had a lot to worry about was working with what this one ERP. And that was it. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now it's like, now you're listing all of these power BIs and biz apps and, and, mm -hmm. and all of this stuff. And just, it's like, totally changed the landscape of how we have to sell and market and help our customers. And so, yeah, you need all of these people and these resources because not these partners and these ISVs aren't going to have all those people that know well, this in and out. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great point. I was just going to say uh, that uh, I've used this phrase quite a bit is not any one person can know everything about everything. Right. <laughs> you know, you can be a good generalist about a lot of things, but, and even those that are very, very good at one specific thing, even they don't know every single thing. They're still learning mm -hmm. about that application that they're expert in, or maybe a Microsoft MVP. in. so it's good to continue to learn from the community yourself. So you can turn around and help others that are in that boat that are, you know, new to this whole community experience or new to these applications and could be overwhelming at times right. of, what's going on. I just want to do a simple little yeah. dashboard report. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're saying I got to learn DAX uh, in the back end? You know, uh, well, no, that's, <laughs> if you want to get some pretty complex, you can do that, but you don't have to do that. And I think that's where we need to be clear in, the, in this community of when to use certain things inside each of the application for your specific scenario mm -hmm. and the level of expertise of the person. You know, maybe they're just a average business user. want to create a simple report and do some drag and drop. And there you go, you know, and it really gives them some great insights while right. others are more super technical and they like to get into that, the deep weeds and create these powerful reports because maybe they're in a very large enterprise organization that has that need for something like that. So spans the gamut, yes. uh, but it's necessary for why we've had this community put in place for so long and why it's so powerful. Yeah. So that's exciting because I, I hope everybody leverages that community just because you had, you know, there's all these moving parts now and all these different oh. applications and you just, mm -hmm. like you said, can't know them all. Right. 
Yeah. Can't know everything about everything. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, talk, talk with your partners and then talk with those very knowledgeable ISVs mm -hmm. that are out there because a lot of them are, uh, are, are uh, specialized, I should say, in um, sort of straddling the fence, if you will, across multiple different applications because they are uh, could fit inside or connect to or integrate to a lot of different applications. So right. many of them are very knowledgeable in uh, things to consider or where their solution fits in um, as you're looking across this landscape and trying to understand it better. Yeah, I, I get confused. So <laughs> <laughs> I know it's getting very easy and hopefully these land on these names for quite a while now right? <laughs> <laughs> for these applications. So, but no, it's good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me again yeah. for part two, as we talk about the global community. And and as you know, community is so important from, mm -hmm. and, and now that we have this global community, this dynamic community just makes it that much easier for everybody to connect and network mm -hmm. and, and leverage each other's expertise. So that's pretty exciting. Right. Yes. And uh, again, thank you so much, Amy, for having me on. Yes. Thank you everyone for tuning in for another episode. And I can't wait for you to stay tuned and learn about the next one. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in this week. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. You've just listened to another episode of the ISV Society podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to subscribe and or share with your team. I would love to also hear your feedback and share any tips and tricks or topics that you'd like to hear in my upcoming episodes. Have a great week.